A reading from the Gospel according to John, the 15th chapter, beginning with verse 9. Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. I've said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Jesus says to us today, dear ones, you are my friends. And last week, we encountered Jesus wanting to dwell in us, to live in us, to abide in us. To remain in us. It seems that Jesus wants a relationship with you and me. He doesn't simply want to be our fire insurance or our get out of hell free card. He wants to be our friend. Not in the sense of a cordial acquaintance, but as a lifelong partner in joy. Our Lord Our master calls us friends. A middle school teacher once asked a group of middle school students to write creative definitions of the word friend. One of those answers was this. A friend is a stiff drink when you've just had a terrible shock. David Leininger, who tells this story, says that he wonders how a middle schooler would know that. Surely you're thinking the same thing. Why is he telling us that? Another definition was this. A friend is a pair of open arms in an armless society. A pair is a a friend is a pair of open arms in a society of armless people. That is a true word. A friend is that person you know will receive you will hold you and will heal you when you're at your worst. No matter what, they will hear you and hold you. And surely Jesus is that to us. Perhaps that is what Jesus is asking us to be to each other when He says to us, You all love one another as I have loved you. I've called you friends, He says. I've chosen you. And perhaps the love that Jesus is calling us to do is choosing and calling one another friends.
being open arms to one another in an armless world. Mark Twain is supposed to have said that the holy passion of friendship is of so sweet and steady and loyal and enduring a nature that it will last through a whole lifetime as long as no one asks you to borrow money. And Twain is being funny, but I think we all know that there's some truth in that. That friendship must be something beyond being unwilling to give. True friendship is an act of giving ourselves to another person and for another person. And Jesus says to us, love one another as I have loved you. He's calling us to be friends. The word as that's translated in the New Revised Standard here is the Greek word kathos. It's a word that has some ambiguity to it, and I think that ambiguity is on purpose. It can mean because. It could be, it could be that Jesus is saying, because I have loved you, You love one another. But Jesus could also be saying just as. The word can mean because or just as. He could be saying, just as I have loved you all, you all love one another. And that would imply that we're to love one another in the same way or to the same degree that Jesus loved each one of us. It seems to me that both of those are true. If we're able to love one another through self-giving, through giving ourselves to each other, it will only be because Jesus has given Himself to and for us. It will only be because Jesus has called us friends and loved us as a self-giving friend because He's shown us what that looks like. He has shown us the greatest extent of love Love that lays down the whole self for one's friends. Because no one has greater love than that, he said. That you would lay down your own soul, your own life for another person. I've noticed that as teens grow into adults, to young adults, and then those young adults become full-grown adults with children of their own, especially teenagers of their own, Their appreciation for their mother improves greatly. Have you ever noticed that? You might be living that right now. You might get that phone call, like I thought about giving my mama one time and call and say, Mom, I'm sorry. Their appreciation for their mother's love and their mother's commandments and rules and sacrifices increases tremendously as they experience for themselves the kind of love that their mother had for them. That puts a child first. And very often this is the first time that daughters and sons begin to refer to their mother as their best friend. When they realize the self-giving nature of being a friend. I'm going to tell you one such story. There was a teenager who didn't want to be seen in public with her mother or father. Y'all been there yet? Because her mother's arms were terribly disfigured. 
One day when her mother took her shopping and reached out her hand, a clerk looked horrified. Later, crying, the girl told her mother how embarrassed she was by her. Understandably hurt, the mother waited an hour before going to her daughter's room to tell her for the first time what had happened to her arms. She said, When you were a baby, I woke up to a burning house. Your room was an inferno. Flames were everywhere. I could have gotten out the front door, but I decided I'd rather die with you than leave you to die alone. I ran through the fire and wrapped my arms around you. Then I went back through the flames, my arms on fire. When I got outside on the lawn, the pain was agonizing. But when I looked at you, all I could do was rejoice that the flames hadn't touched you. Stunned, the girl looked at her mother through new eyes. Weeping in shame and gratitude, she kissed her mother's marred hands and arms. This story reminds me of what Jesus has done for us. The just as form of Kathos. He too bears the scars of walking into the fire of death to drag and carry us to safety. And surely when we hear Jesus say that we're to love one another as He's loved us, our minds are drawn to His death on the cross. Paul tells us in Romans 5.8 that God has shown His love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And we're right to turn our thoughts to Christ's sacrificial love, to laying down of Himself, and that certainly is the love that Christ is calling you and I to have for one another. No, commanding us to have. But there is more. Just like that mother who walked out of the fire, Jesus walked out of death to carry us to life. Jesus' death is not the end of God's love for us. The fullness of God's love for Jesus and for us is resurrection. What we celebrate in this season of Easter. Life. Life outside the reach of the destructiveness and the destruction and destroying power of sin and death. Later in chapter 6, Paul will say that because we've been baptized into Jesus' death, we will be raised with Him into new life. Jesus showed His love for us by dying for us. But Jesus also showed us His love by living for us. God shows us His love by raising Jesus from the dead. And so we can understand Jesus' call to love for us to be self-giving, to give ourselves to each other, not just for each other, but to love one another as we love ourselves and to take one another's burdens on ourselves and then to carry that same love into our community. We may hear it and say, Jesus is talking about dying for others. And there is some sense that that is true. To lay down some part of ourselves for others. But if we look at the whole scope of what Jesus has done, He's also calling us to live for others. To abide in Him. To live in Him for the benefit of others so that there will be fruit. New people who come to know Christ. 
and see the benefit of His love and grace. Self-giving and life-affirming love. That is the love of friendship. That is where we will find joy. In giving ourselves for others and in living for others. Being a friend to others, just as Jesus has been a friend to us. Or in the adapted words of a middle schooler, being a pair of open arms in a society of armless people. Dear ones, by God's grace and mercy, and with God's help, let us be that pair of open arms. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.